Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For the next couple of hours, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, back to local sports programming here uh, for uh, right up until noon. Uh, the BMW of Des Moines guest list sets up like this uh, Tuesday for baseball and we will do so at the bottom of the hour with our friend Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Covers Major League Baseball. He'll be on the road throughout the playoffs. Look forward to catching up with uh, Matt when he's out on the road, but today we'll pick his brain as baseball, Major League Baseball comes down the stretch uh, a week from tomorrow. The regular season ends and then the playoffs I'll begin on uh, on that uh, Friday. I think it's the 7th, um, whatever the Friday is. That's when the playoffs begin. So Matt Snyder will kick things off at 1030. We promised that we would talk some Vikings this week, and we will. Dane Mazzatani covers them for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. He will join us at 1105, catch up on the Minnesota Vikings and their 2-1 and one start. Three games into it, uh, what does that franchise look like? What are some of the concerns? Dalvin Cook uh, did not uh, finish the game the other day, get the latest on the Vikings with Dane Mazzatani. And then Derek Duke from Heartland College Sports, really good on football uh, at Heartland College Sports. The, the conference fascinates me from top to bottom. I think the race is is is, is wide open uh, as we've seen here uh, in the, I don't know, it's been a while since we've seen one like this, whether it's Big Ten or the Big uh, 12, and the Big 12 to me is totally wide open. Look forward to picking Derek Duke's brain. Maybe he can provide a little clarity. Uh, we'll talk NFL football on the program today. I'm assuming we'll get into Iowa and Iowa State as that both of their uh, respective football teams will hold their uh, weekly media avails. Uh, Campbell coming up here around noon. Ferentz early afternoon. Players will speak uh, at some point as well, so maybe some nuggets will come out of that. Of course, Keegan Johnson, uh, Tom Kaker, who joined us on Friday, thought that there might be some clarity today when Kirk meets the media. What time is that? About 1 o'clock? 1.30? 1.45. Players at 11, 1.45 for Kirk. So we'll find out if indeed there is any news on that front. He is not listed on the depth chart for the Michigan game this week. Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's going to be back on the field anytime soon. No, it certainly doesn't feel that way in reading between the lines. Very well might have seen him for the last time in 2022, and Ring between even more lines you wonder about ever. Mm. Just at Iowa, or football, You're period. Right. Yeah. Well, I had Iowa. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, well, we'll watch for that. That'll be one of the uh, things to watch. Of course, Iowa State goes on the road, takes on a Kansas team, a Kansas team that's got to be feeling pretty cl- good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback is one of the favorites in the Heisman voting. I mean, it's <laughs> ridiculous, right? Uh, well, not ridiculous. The guy's legit. Jalen Daniels is a hell of a player. There was a straw poll that came out at the Athletic. I guess uh, um, Stuart Mandel uh, polled a bunch of Heisman voters, mm-hmm. and Stroud right now leads the way. Do you know who's right now second, and I have it 80-1 to one to win the Heisman Trophy? Stetson Bennett. It's his teammate. Brock Bowers. Yes. <laughs> you fired at Bowers. I huh? did. Just the price. Yeah. You know, I got him at 80. I see you can get him 100 to 1 today. But um, uh, he's second. Bryce Young. Jalen Daniels right there with a bunch of quarterbacks. Of course, Penix in Washington. Hooker at Tennessee. Uh, but we are so far away from uh, declaring that uh, race to be over. But uh, anyways, good stuff. All right. So football last night. You know what? For the first, I don't know, three quarters, it was kind of a... Uh, Boring. Okay. 
Uh, all right. I think I think the majority of people would uh, would use your adjective, uh, your description of, of of the football game. But then it got good toward the end. It wasn't awful though. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I walked away entertained. I did too. And that's what you're hoping for, mm-hmm. right? On Monday Night Football. I'm How sure much Manning did you watch? None. I didn't either. No. I can't wait to see the rating strength. I mean, it was one yeah. thing to watch it when it was the crew that they had. La- and I like Lewis Riddick. Mm-hmm. I like Steve Levy doing either NHL or doing college football. Brian Greasy got out of the business. He's mm-hmm. now a co- uh, coach. with the Niners Um, and the Manning thing was new and it was fresh and you want to give it a look-see and the numbers were pretty good. They were. Uh, This year, he's gone up against a couple of heavy heads in Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and I just wonder because I haven't watched a minute of it and I I loved it last year. I know you did. You came in and I was not a... I was not the kind of fan that you were at. Right. Oh, Trent, you got to watch this. We need to talk about it. It's really good. I flip over a couple of times and it just it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Now, Buck and Aikman... No chance. I'm with you. I'm with ha- you. It has this feel. We talked about it after the first Monday night game. Those two guys. It's a big on game. The call. It's a big game. You just you have. You know, you read a big game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The environment was great last night too. Giant yeah. Stadium. It was really when really cool. I was going to say decent because I'm not sure they're decent. I don't know. Yeah. Right. But when they're a fact, and the Cowboys are in town. Absolutely. Um, got a little juice there mm-hmm. amongst those two franchises. Uh, but you're right. The the the, uh, the atmosphere uh, seemed to be um, you know what it was once was like. Maybe not back in the '80s or you know in the Eli Manning era when they were winning Super Bowls. But uh, it's the first time in a long time uh, that they've had that kind of buzz. Daniel, go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, I was just I want to go to Cooper Rush. Okay, I'm with you. Is he a top 25 quarterback? Yes. Keep going. 22? I was going to say 20. He's, it, a, he's a good quarterback. He's solid. He has been solid. Uh-huh. We'll see. He's had three starts. One yeah. of them last year. Right. Two of them this year. And um, look, the the people that uh, assign a point value to every, a Kenny White's of the world, mm-hmm. where he's got a number for every single player and their backups, the drop-off from Dak Prescott... Um, to Cooper Rush is not as significant as it would be throughout most of the other 31 franchises, starter to backup. I heard uh, Gil Alexander, who hosts uh, the morning show on VEASAN, mm-hmm. and he, uh, during his Megapod that he has every week that comes out, and a bunch of different handicappers are on there. One of them um, mentioned he had it at three and a half initially, and he thought it was too high. Really? He, he thought it was too high. The drop down there. Cooper Rush is a competent, uh-huh. at minimum, yep. backup quarterback, and he's a guy that could start for a handful of teams, a half dozen teams at minimum. Yeah, I think so. Can you start for your Bears? Oh yeah, I think so too. Right now, and I don't think it would be a bad thing to put him on the sidelines either. Fields needs to watch some football. What's going on there? I don't know. It's a really um... accuracy has been a problem. Mm-hmm. You pointed out this stat to me. Because uh, I'd never seen the stat before, and it's, yeah. it's one of those analytics that the old folks aren't into. Um, the uh, separation amongst yes. the receivers and the core. I just you look at the you look at the uh, at the depth chart. Mm-hmm. This is the worst group of receivers in the NFL, Trent. Because it looks that way. It looks it, that on way. The surface, it I mean, how can you blame is. Fields? Look what he's working with. Blah right. blah blah. And you're getting separation not so fast, <laughs> right? The, this group of what you see as you know inferior receivers. They've got some. They've got some distance between them and the corner that's following them. Darnell Mooney is a solid wide receiver. Is he solid. ever going to be a star? No. no. He has four catches for twenty-seven yards in three games. That's it's not enough. That's a problem. A is he problem. being blanketed because he is the top receiver? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But again, he's another guy that separation has been there. Yeah. And Justin Fields can't get can't him. put it on him. 
I'm ready to... The offensive line's better. The offensive line is not as bad as we thought it was Look going to be. Look how they run the football. I know it. And now David Montgomery being out, that's going to be... Yeah. You just want, How bad is it? Have we heard? No, I haven't seen anything yet here this morning uh, about what they're anticipating. It certainly didn't sound good initially. Right. And for the people who say, well, why, David Montgomery's been that offense for the last four years. Why don't you give him a contract extension? Unfortunately... Yeah, this is the reason he's it's, got a lot. It's, it's a rebuild, and he's a running back. A lot of tread off that tire. Uh-huh. And look, he's going to get another opportunity. He will absolutely. probably just not in Chicago. Right? They're not going to resign uh-huh. him. That's because, the business of football, and that's the business of running backs anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the biggest mistakes Dallas made is what they did to Zeke because mm-hmm. he's not the best running back on that roster. Not think he is either. <laughs> Tony Pollard is. And he has. Well, oh, Zeke for, had some moments last he night. He did. He looked a lot yeah. better last night, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he did. There was a little more pop mm-hmm. coming out of Zeke last night. He was eating after he got the touchdown. I. Saquon Barkley doing the finger roll after yeah. the touchdown. It was good to see. It's been a long time since we've seen that. Zeke coming over and doing his uh, feed me, you know. Yeah. There's just, the NFL's so good. Yeah. It's just, it is, I had that realization again last night. It's just, it is so mm-hmm. good. The, every single thing that they put out Every there, other league wants to be the NFL. Oh, it's not even close. It's not. I mean, it's, it's a 12, it's a 50 out of 52 week event mm-hmm. there's you get to the super bowl you get a week off boom they're in indianapolis yep the next week boom here comes free agency mm-hmm. then here comes the schedule then here comes the draft then here comes the mini camps when peter king goes on vacation this is how i've always judged this those early weeks in july the early weeks in july when he turns the column over to somebody else the nfl is for the most part shut down and then when peter comes back he's on the road at the training camps mm-hmm. And the NFL, there's always something percolating amongst uh, in that league. They do it better than anybody else. Uh, it's not even close, and there's a reason why it's as popular as it is. There's more close games. I saw this stat. Did you see, man, you bet, you bet uh, the NFL. You're probably aware of this. Is it 16 or 18? Through the first three weeks of the season, there have never been as many games decided by three or fewer points in the history of the league. That keeps people tuned in. Cincinnati just played in the Super Bowl. Right. They're one and two. Cincinnati. Right. Played in the Super Bowl. Uh Uh-huh. That Morbin franchise. Are you going to see the Sacramento Kings in the NBA Finals anytime soon? Uh, Probably not. The Winnipeg Jets in the Stanley Cup Final? Probably not. The NFL? The Jacksonville Jaguars Mm -hmm. are very much alive. Do I think they're going to be alive when the calendar turns to January? No. And five years ago, they were in the AFC Championship They were in the NFC. And 20-whatever-it-is-five-something years ago, (laughs) they marched into Denver and knocked off a unbeatable Broncos franchise and then got beat by, who beat them? Patriots. Patriots, yeah. The Green Bay Super Uh Bowl. We had Carolina that same year also get to the NFC. I was at that Super Bowl. You were. I was. Yeah. It was for Super Bowl Thirty One in New Orleans. Right? Yeah, you had Carolina in year two, mm-hmm. also in the NFC under Tom Coughlin. It can happen yes. incredibly quickly. Well, Coughlin was with Jacksonville. Who was with Carolina? Who was the coach at that time? Coughlin was in Jacksonville. Who was, was the first Carolina coach? Oh, how don't we remember this? See, I thought it was Coughlin. I, no, I, no, Coughlin was Jackson. Okay. Him and Brunel and company. Yeah, yeah. Carolina. I'm having a brain cramp. I am too. How can't we remember that? Well, hey, it's the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> I'm going to cut us a little slack. That, that, that's but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to hear this. And Jeff will get to you in one minute here. I'm going to have to look Tr- at all time. Dom Capers. Uh, of course. Dom Capers. Dom Capers. Um, 
Yeah, that's one of the beauties of this league. One of the beauties of this league that um, any given year, right, you've got a chance. Let's get Jeff in here, and then we'll come back to uh, conversing. We're going to get the baseball. We will at the bottom of the hour with Matt Snyder. Not a lot to play for. Maybe the National League East, maybe a little bit of seeding. Um, Mariners have a chance to move up, but there's not a lot left. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing well. Uh, I just want to talk uh you know, the Dallas Cowboys and their defense to start. You know, everybody's got their eyes on Parsons, and I think he was a little bit under the weather last night. Mm-hmm. But Marcus Lawrence with three sacks, given, given you know, uh, Danny Dimes the business all game long. And then What did they have, 24 quarterback pressures or 26 quarterbacks? That That's what they finished up with, it, yeah. Yeah, and so it was that high. And then, you know, we all know about Diggs. If you try to undercut or if you try to throw, you know, a ball in coverage, Diggs, you know, He's unbelievable. He's really, really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I think people sleep, and I'm going to give you a stat here. I think people sleep on Dallas' defense. They gave up one touchdown against Tampa. Mm-hmm. They gave up one touchdown against Cincy, and they gave up one touchdown against the Giants. So, you know, I don't know if they get credit where credit's due. They have a top-five defense. Mm-hmm. So let's move, let's move to their offense. You guys touched on Tony Pollard, I think, from Memphis. By the way, a third, fourth-round traffic. I was saying at the time, and I was in the minority, they – shouldn't have gave Zeke that deal. I think they got pressured. Mm-hmm. I think I think Jones got pressured to give him that deal, kind of just like Dak, but we can go down that other avenue another time. Tony Pollard's the real deal. I agree. They need to, they need to stop going this every other possession with Zeke and Pollard. They need to give Pollard the ball, and then if they want to change it up and, you know, if they're inside the goal line, okay, give it to Zeke. Tony Pollard is the real deal. And, now, and, I, and I'm kind of forgetting about, is it Noah? I can't remember this receiver that Cooper has that relationship with, because I... I mean, guys, you've seen it. I believe William Brown, are you talking Noah about? Noah Brown, yeah. Brown, Noah Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Noah Brown. Because here's the deal, and I could be wrong. Um, Trent, you might know more than I. I believe that Lamb led the league a drop last year, and he had a huge drop Boy, last ever. night. <laughs> and I know he caught that one-yard touchdown. with the kick. That was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But these drops that, that Lamb has on a game-to-game basis is brutal. And I would have never thought this. Losing Cooper is a big deal. They they need Amari mm-hmm. Cooper, and I would have never thought they'd miss him. They're missing him. Guys, thank you. Have a good night. Yeah, Jeff, appreciate the call. Uh, well-informed, as always. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I guess they, they miss him. There's, I mean, he's Amari Cooper. He's a hell of a player. One other thing I had in my notes. Danny Dimes. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones. What do you think? You see the glimpses. Yeah. You see the athleticism. Yep. Tucking the ball. How many times you run for first down in the game? Over 1,000 yards already in his career rushing. Mm-hmm. He is... Athletic? Did he finish the night as the as, as the leading rush for the for the Giants, or did Barkley get him? Uh, Barkley, Barkley got him by two. Did he? Okay. Eighty one versus seventy nine. Okay, he's athletic. You see some throws, and then it's just the boneheaded I decisions. Know. And he's got a coach now. You think would be able to coach that? Out not, I agree, but they're not married to him. It was the it was yeah. the previous regime, right? They're moving on. I wonder if they are. Their defense is improved. Mm-hmm. Where was he taken? Third, fourth, fifth, sixth? I want was to say. Okay. Yeah, I want to say that's where it was. But they're just some, there's something you watch him. I can imagine one of my best friends is a Giants fan, and he just he's livid at times. Because watching he, him, you see the talent, uh-huh. but then the stupid mistakes. He just he's the not a smart football the player. Fumbles. Duke guy that's dumb <laughs> on a football. Field. I didn't think we'd ever see that trend. <laughs> a Duke guy that's dumb. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure I can go there. Maybe football, football dumb, player. right? Yes, yeah, football dumb. I'm guessing uh, scholastically not so much. But this Dallas team, are they as good as the Eagles? No. 
but they're not far behind. I don't think so either. I think this is going to be a fun watch. Yes. Watching the Eagles and the Cowboys a couple of times this year. Uh, I'm in. What do you think you can get the Cowboys at now? Because we talked to, to win the division. Because it was Cowboys from January, oh, February. Head shoulders, right. All the way through until... Almost the week before the season started. Then all of a sudden in August, that it started The buzz started, up. yeah. And this Eagles team, they're really mm-hmm. good on the offensive line. Jalen Hurts, did you see what he did at the end mm-hmm. of the year? Et cetera, et cetera. They were even for a while, and then I think ultimately uh, the closing number, if you will, to win the division. The Eagles, I think, were plus 130, and the Cowboys are like plus 175. So let's take a peek here, and let's see what you can get. I would get. have liked to have taken a peek at this time yesterday. That would have been better, right? Yeah, you would have got a, certainly a better number to get those division odds. All right, going through here, looking team props. No, team futures. That's what we're looking for. Uh, so many options here. Conference win. Division winner. There we go. NFC East. As we're scrolling, and there it is. Okay. The Eagles minus 300 now. Are they that heavy of a favorite? You can get the Cowboys at plus 380 at DraftKings. That's that's not yeah, bad. No, it's not. It's not at all. If Philadelphia came out on fire against the Vikings, mm-hmm. that fourth quarter was a little shaky. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings just couldn't take advantage of Monday Night Football. Who do the uh, Cowboys... I'm going to look. Oh, my. How about this? You know what the Thanksgiving is? It's not Philadelphia. Oh, okay. But it's a rematch of last night. Oh, not bad. It's the Giants and the Cowboys. I'll Th- sign up for that. That'll get a number. You think at 3.30 th- <laughs> our time? They'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to be massive. America's team versus a team from the Apple? Yep. Yeah, that'll I'll be say. Right. Uh, who's the? Let me look. I'm going to look at Detroit's schedule. Who they have they? Buffalo. Oh, that's right. They're yes. the early game because we were saving Buffalo. I mean, how out of touch were we? Our group was saving Buffalo for the survivor. We never saw October. Just to survive. That's all you got to do. That's all you had to do. We couldn't even survive out of the first month. And you had three entries. And I mean, some of us entries. just have one entry and we're still alive. Who's that, Trent? Oh, right over here. <laughs> uh, and you were at the game and you didn't stay for the end of no, it. No, didn't see the end. Well, I saw it on my t- on my uh, phone. At the Vikings. Yeah, that's. Um, I haven't been inside that stadium. I it's have to cross incredible. that off. Watching, What's uh, the concourse like? Is it wide open? Yeah. Move around. Yeah, I mean, is it wide? I mean, you're not crammed in there? Another one of my best friends has season tickets, so I went over and met him before the game and, and just talked with him for a little bit. Went up and saw his seats at where he sits and for every game. And when I was able to get back down to our area, I mean, so quick. And this was at 11.50 mm. and got right back down there, even with everybody kind of milling around and making their and where way. Were we, what's your, where were you? This Pegasus Club, is that what it's a called? Polaris Club. Polaris like Club. Like the snowmobile Polaris. Oh, yeah. Yes. And there was a big snowmobile right as you walk uh-huh. inside there. Uh, so, I mean, you can move around that place great. I was there, of course, a few years back for the Final Four and got to really kind of examine the stadium mm-hmm. and walk all around and go inside the bowels and everything else. It, it is immaculate. That thing's beautiful. They had the doors open because it was such a nice day in Minnesota on Sunday. Nice. And you could feel that breeze You could feel it. Huh? Yeah. Those two missed field goals early in that game, too. Uh-huh. I wonder if the breeze had something to do with it. A yeah. dome stadium. Yeah. You still got to worry a little but bit about But if they open weather. it up a little bit, that's yeah. interesting. Uh, the, the only NFL stadium I truly have to get to, truly have to see it once. There's a couple. Seattle? No, well, no, that's not um, Lambo. I got to see Lambo. Oh yeah, you've never been I've to never Lambo. I've never been to Lambo Field. What in the world? I got to leave Ankeny to get. To I Lambeau know you Field. do. We got to get you going. I am. I'm going Thursday to Clinton. <laughs> yeah, come visit us. Our, our <laughs> listeners in Eastern Iowa, stop on out. We're going to be there it's, watching Thursday night football. It's going. I'm looking forward to the night. There's going to be a, a pretty good cast of, uh, uh, of of guys going over there that have won this contest. 
Even uh, uh, people that haven't won championships are coming over. Is Bowen Camp? I know that he was reaching out. Is I, he? I'm good. I'll see with John if he's going to make the quick trip up like to Clinton to, and hang out with yeah, us. Yeah, see if he can come over. Yeah, I'm anxious to meet Ted Flint. I've never met Ted Flint. Oh, you've never never met, met Flint. Oh yeah, because when we were over in Council Bluffs for the Circa event, I left. You left before he got there. That's uh-huh. right. I was, uh, I've met Ted a couple of times. Anxious to have a, well, I'm sure he'll have a beer or two. Are they going to have a Stella or two for you there? I hope. Yeah. I hope. Dinner's I hope they have the craps table open. That's what, that's what I want. Well, it is a casino. It is a casino. And it's a Thursday night. Well, I want to see. Maybe in Clinton they start handing money over. I'm going to try. We'll see if that's And happening. it's a how far of a drive? Three, Three hours? hours? Yeah. And there's no other way to get there other than I-80, is there? Well, I mean, you know people. Maybe you can get a private plane or something. Yeah, but no. I mean, other than if, if I'm going to drive... There's no other way other than I-80, right? Well, I, you could go up on 35 over on 20, I guess. I looked at that. It's significantly longer. Yeah. But it's significantly less hassle. You don't want to deal with the semi-trucks I hate I-80. That's the worst stretch of interstate I think maybe I've ever In the Midwest. For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how you go to Iowa City and back as many times as people are, are due. Yeah. For that very reason, it drives me bananas. Speaking of that, I am going to Kinnick. I told you. Are you going I was to the out. Michigan game? Oh, by the way, we uh, we haven't uh, given Doc Fuller's tickets to the winner of our contest. Yes, I was checking on that. In fact, this morning, and I saw there was somebody. I think there were three or four yards less. That was the closest uh, that I, I saw. I think his name is Tony Highland. Does that sound okay? I think he won it. No, I know he won it, but I'm not sure if that's his name. Uh-huh. So maybe you can reach out to him um, on Twitter to let him know that he won the ducats. What did uh, what did Tony have? Six oh eight, I think, was his guess. See, That's... I got a six thirty four here. Oh, you do? I do. Well, that was the number, I think. Well, it was four yards higher. I think was the final. Somebody list. went over Can't by go four over, yards. Right? Somebody went over by four. This yards. was six thirty four. This was from Zach. So we'll do some checking during the break and make yeah, sure. Tony, maybe you didn't win the tickets. <laughs> we will. Commissioner Condon's yeah. on the scene. Thank make God, sure we get the right ones, and yeah. Yeah, we'll check during the break here and get those because it's a big ticket. It's it a big is. game. Yeah. Does Iowa have any chance? Well, what's the number? Is it now double digits? Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Yeah, I saw a couple of spots I looked this morning. It was ten and a half. And what's Iowa State? Are they still three? That's been pretty flat mm-hmm. uh, that I saw so far. Let's take another peek here across the board at college football because, yeah, the money continues to come in on Michigan, which isn't a surprise. I mean, no. Iowa still has the worst offense in the country. Mm-hmm. They're still 131. They're still but they're within striking distance of Team 130, Trent. Getting close to New Mexico State. Right. I mean, you shoot for the stars, and Brian Ferentz can... Yeah. Every team's got to have goals when they begin the season, right? Let's not be last. <laughs> and so far after... Are we four? We are, we're we a third of the way through the schedule. No, don't say that. That's true. It, Iowa it's State, awful. three and a half now, a lot of popping. Three they? and a half at Circa, three and a half at Westgate, three and a half at DraftKings. A lot of three and a halves mm-hmm. now out there. For Iowa State, uh, looking across the board for Iowa, Michigan, it is consensus ten and a half every single place out there. Uh, one offshore does have it at eleven and a half. Uh, money wise, not a big gap. Fifty six percent of the tickets, fifty five percent of the money is on Michigan for Iowa State. Kansas getting the money. Are they- With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Hey. Uh, 63% of the tickets, 53% of the money, so basically even there. But in terms of ticket count, people jumping on the Jayhawks in that uh, three and a half. Interesting. All right, we're going to jump on baseball conversation next. Our friend Matt Snyder. I saw this little nugget, and this has to be next to impossible to do. I'm going to ask Matt about it. So Chris Bryant is a, and we forget this, a Colorado Rocky. I mean, has there ever been a free agent have a more nondescript mm-hmm. first year um, and a big money free agent than Chris Bryant did? How many home runs did he hit in the thin air of Denver, Colorado at, uh, at Coors Field? How many home runs did he hit in, in his own ballpark? As many as you, Trent. What? Yep. No way. Didn't hit a home run. Did not hit a home run. Admittedly, I haven't watched a lot of Rocky baseball Well, I didn't either. But that's a wow, right? Yeah. That's a big wow. Wow. Incredible. It's all about the money, though. Uh-huh. He's got that pocketbook full, and he can do what he wants with his money, I guess. Indeed he did. Uh, just, uh, he just doesn't seem like... Is he the most motivated guy you've ever run across, seemingly? No. Just... He's just kind of laid back, easy going. I don't know. Not a real gamer, and that's Jim. I could be dead wrong, and maybe that's unfair, but that's how he comes across. Um, but, but he had a hell of a go with the Cubs. I mean, what the uh, the smile on his face when the ball went in his glove when it was hit weakly on the ground for the final out of the World Series. A smile breaks on his face because he knows he's going to field it. He's going to throw it to his buddy Anthony Rizzo, and the drought is over. And it was. It was. Matt Snyder joins Trent and I next as we talk baseball on Des Moines Sports Station 106 points.com. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, we have weekly conversation, talking baseball with our friend Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Joins us when the season starts and is with us till the bitter end, and he joins us here today. Hello, Matt Snyder, Trent and Ken. Boy, October keeps getting closer, does it not? Can't wait for it to get here. Got to, what, a week from tomorrow, uh, the curtain will come down on the Major League season, and then the postseason will begin, and man, it's got some promise. How are you, Matt Snyder? Very good. Yeah, I, there, there's, uh, what, two races left, and uh, one of them's the NL East, which is awesome, by the way, yep. but the team that doesn't win still makes the playoffs. So kind of wish we had better races, mm-hmm. but, it's, it, I mean, the playoffs being fun is a lot more important than the last few days of the regular season anyway. No doubt about it. And pitchers um, and managers did us, uh, uh, a lot of us baseball fans, a favor because we wouldn't have seen Aaron Judge live, perhaps. But, but Tuesdays and Wednesdays, no football, so you're back to baseball and uh, looking forward to uh, picking up that chase tonight as it uh, resumes in Toronto. Um, I just sent, gave this nugget to Trent before we went to break. I want to get just get your opinion on this. Um, you know, Chris Bryant. Is a, is a Colorado Rocky, and a lot of people don't remember that. Um, he didn't hit a home run at Coors Field this year, which is remarkable. They gave him a lot of money. How how is that possible? That a guy who plays his home games, and I know he was hurt for part of the season, well, I was say that, but but yeah. Chris Bryant didn't hit a home run at Coors Field. How? Yeah, um, the main thing is that he didn't play that many games there. I just had to go and look. 26 compared to 16 on the road. He actually hit five road home runs in 16 games, which is an amazing pace. 
uh, and then zero in 26 games at home. 26 is a lot uh, to play in Coors and not hit a home run. Um, I would say coincidence, probably yeah. more than anything. Um, he hasn't also he, he hasn't had near the home run power the last several years as it, it looked like he might when he came up. He's kind of adjusted his game and become more of a an on base type guy. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty one. Uh, 25 home runs in 144 games. So it's kind of less of like that. He looked like he might be a 40 home run guy. He hit 39 when he won MVP in his second year. But, uh, you know, his highest total since then was 31. So he probably partially coincidence in part that he's more of like a line drive and gap power hitter uh, than, than a full-on slugger. Wild numbers there. We're waiting for one more wild number, and that's from Aaron Judge. Feels like he's pressing. Looks like that sixty-one maybe. is inside the head, maybe a little bit here. What have you? Excuse me. What have you seen out of Judge and national TV tonight? TBS will have it. Boy, for baseball's sake, maybe you hope he ha- he actually does it tonight. Mm-hmm. I think you know, losing if effort. He had, <laughs> yeah, I think if he had forty-five, we wouldn't even think anything of it mm-hmm. because um, it's not like he's not hitting at all or he's in a slump. He's actually. Uh, you know, he's gathering base hits. I mean, he had a single last night. He had a knock the night before. He had two doubles the, the day, the game after his 60th home run. So he, he's got several walks. So he's still getting on base. He's still hitting for average. Uh, he just hasn't homered in, uh, what is it now, six games. And that's not unheard of for anybody to go six games. It's just he's he spoiled us through a lot of the year. And I think with those two multi-home run games uh, and then hitting 60 the day after he hit 58 and 59, it looked like, okay, it's just going to happen right mm-hmm. now and it's going to get over with. Um, and then that ball to center field, that looked like it might be a walk-off mm-hmm. and number 61, kind of a tease job there. I, 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 you know, it could be another few days. It, it's just um, it's awfully hard to hit home runs, all the spotlights on them. And I do think that, especially if we go another couple days, he really might start thinking about it. He won't admit it, but he he really might start thinking, like, I just need to get this over with and get the spotlight off of me because he doesn't like the individual spotlight. He likes to, to play as a team. He likes to be a team player. He likes to talk about team accolades. So he probably really does just want to get it over with. And the more it lingers and the end of the season gets closer, he really might start pressing a little bit. Mm. Well, one guy that did get it over and did it uh, got it over with a lot of season left was Albert Pujols uh, back yeah, on Friday cool. night. It really and truly was. And, you know, back in L.A., of course, where he, he played uh, briefly in his career. Would have loved to have seen it happen in, uh, in St. Louis, obviously, in front of the home ballpark. But what a moment for Albert Pujols. What a career that he has put together as he reaches that milestone, a milestone that a lot of folks – I uh, thought was not within reach, and I, I probably put myself in that group that, uh, you know, he might get a rod. I remember th- saying that back in March and early April, but, boy, yeah. it's asking a lot to get to 700, and here we are. We definitely talked about that, and uh, it was 17 to get to a rod and 21 to get to 700, and we just thought, you know, he hit 17 last year. He's probably not going to hit as many this year because he's 42 years old, and he might not have – you know, regular playing time as he did not last year. Um, but I think we definitely said, yeah, there's a good possibility he can get to A-Rod, but surely he can't get to 700. I mean, 21 home runs in partial playing time at age 42. 
what a, what a second half he's had. And, and you can't say enough about the career he's had, how good he's been for so long. And I think one thing that uh, the second half has done for him is it had been quite a while since he'd been in the national consciousness. It had been quite a while since he'd been one of the best players in the league. And um, maybe a lot of people who were in their 20s didn't really remember maybe how great he was uh, being one of the best hitters that we've ever seen, one of the best right-handed hitters of all time, up there with somebody like Hank Aaron. Um, and so it's been a pleasure to see him kind of go into vintage pools mode in the second half. Now, it, still, it's mostly against lefties. He's mostly platooned. He's mostly played DH, but who cares? He's right. 42. Right. It's been an unbelievable run, and it's been so good to see him go out like this because – so many guys in their last year have just a terrible year in our shell of their former selves. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see him go out looking like the machine. Talking right now with Matt Snyder as we take a look around Major League Baseball. Of course, that game was on Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> so I get home, yeah. I was calling high school football, I get in, settle in, I saw he'd already hit 699. Perfect. Go to 671 on DirecTV. Uh-uh. Clubbed. Not there. MLB Network? Nope. Though they were talking about him at the time. Maybe this is a FS1 game, TBS. Finally looked on the, the phone. Oh, it's on Apple TV. So I had to find a legal stream. And luckily, about five minutes before I got there, oh, you did and see I it? was able to see it live, nice. which was incredible to be able to see it. But how many people were like me, couldn't see it, and, and how many Cardinal fans that are used to just flipping on Fox number. Sports Midwest that couldn't see the, the hit live? It's a bit of a, one of those uh, hashtag first world problems, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. But it is a problem. It <laughs> it's is. Like, and I even I even ran into one because I had the Yankees uh, game on first for Judge, and I thought, oh, that was Apple perfect. TV. I'll just mm-hmm. I'll just leave it right there. But you had to go out and and search for the next game then ah. instead of it. Like usually, if it's on cable or satellite, I have Directv, whatever it's on. If they're on the same channel, you just leave it and it just goes straight to the next game. And I'm like. Wait a minute! Why isn't the Cardinals Dodgers game on yet? And I'm like, oh, I've got to go back and go back to the home screen and then find that. I I, I understand what they're doing, and streaming's a big deal, and there are a lot of people streaming, and you're trying to reach new audiences. And Apple paid them a lot of money, so I understand why they didn't want to give that up. But I also think that there's something to letting people switch channels and, and stumble onto something cool, which you don't really do that in streaming. And it, 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 anybody who uses multiple streaming platforms knows it's not quite as simple as just changing the channel. You have to go through all these steps and you have to go to log in. And I swear Apple's the one where every single time I'm not on it, it logs me out. And I, it, it, even if you click on that box that says, remember me, I still have to log in every single time. And I don't... <laughs> My wife always yells at me because I don't have all the passwords saved on an app, but I don't. Re- we have different passwords for everything. But it, and then you get into people who are older and aren't as technologically hand raised. And, and yeah, and like uh, one of my coworkers is from a family of Yankees fans, and he said his eighty-year-old uncle couldn't figure it out, and he called him, and he was on the phone with him for like a half hour, and he still couldn't figure it out. It's true. It's easy to say it's free, and all you need to do is create a login. It's easy to say to people like me. But when you're talking about different generations of people, I just feel like you're losing something there. And it may be, it's like a restaurant uh, creating an all-new menu to try to bring in new people but screwing over their regulars. Yeah. You know? They took so, it off the menu, I, my favorite dish. Yeah. Right. So I kind of feel like there, there has to be a better way to, to kind of 
<laughs> uh, terrible use of words here, but to streamline it moving forward so you can make everybody happy. You're preaching to the choir. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com is our guest. Matt, I read your piece that uh, that uh, came out recently here this morning. Uh, it's on about a non-playoff team, but a team that you think might be, you know, on the. you can see that there's a pathway to getting back to those playoffs, and that's as a team that certainly moves the needle uh, here, and that's the Chicago Cubs, how they could return to contention in 2023. They've been out of this thing since Memorial Day for the most part, but I like watching yeah. them play just because you get to see some of the development, some of the, and the roster is going to have, maybe there's half the guys that are on the roster now are going to be somewhere else next year, but it's about watching a Keegan Thompson or a Wisniewski who came over in the Efrost trade who's been unbelievable. Sampson um, doing what he's doing, even Nico Horner and Justin Steele. I've enjoyed these kids uh, as they try to establish their way in the major leagues and you know in addition here or there and there is i think a realistic pathway to at least contending for a playoff berth next yeah. year yeah and and like i said in there when you look at between the, the prospect at the upper levels if it's mervis uh, matt mervis or who's yeah, here yeah Canario, yeah uh and and then you get into the foundational pieces at the big league level which i think christopher morell can be a foundational piece but he's not a star Nico Horner is absolutely a very good everyday player, but he's not a star. You could probably keep Ian Happ around, but he shouldn't be hitting in the middle of the order on a contender. He should be more in like the seven hole or six hole on the contender. So where it's different than last time when they had Rizzo and Bryant ready to come up, and then you could trickle that down to Addison Russell at the time, Javier Baez, is they had a bunch of guys who could be the centerpieces of a team. This time around, it doesn't necessarily look like that, but that's where the financial wherewithal comes in. And there's a big free agent class right there. And as I pointed out in the piece, there's always a possibility the Red Sox trade Rafael Devers. Mm. And the Cubs have built up enough prospect depth in the minors that they could probably do something like that and then afford to sign him to a monster extension. So it's, you know, this time around, where they had to do it in pitching. You know, they had to sign John Lester. But this time around, it would be on the position player side, it's, at least one superstar type that needs to be an ad from outside the organization. Because, like I said, they have a lot of good foundational pieces. Let's throw Seiya Suzuki in there. He's been really hot down the stretch mm-hmm. as well. But they need those guys to be the middle order guys. And it looks like they kind of have, maybe you could fill out, like, lead off in the order and then five, six, seven, eight, nine. But you kind of need, like, hey, who's going to be two, three, and four? That's kind of important, you know? Yeah. You know, there was so a name that you put in... Yeah, that's say, it's a big offseason. There's no doubt about it, and and a big name. And you put him in the piece, and when I when I saw Shohei Otani's name uh, in your piece and how the Cubs may be able to make this work, and listen, that assumes that the Angels uh, are not going to resign him, and Otani wants to play for a contender. Um, but can you imagine him in a Cub uniform? I mean, how tough a ticket is that going to be every fifth <laughs> day when that when it comes around and, and he's starting at home? My gosh. Yeah, and to be clear, that was just, I was just, you know, speculating and throwing names out there. But it is, if the Angels made him available, the Cubs are the type of team that could put together a a prospect package with three or four guys, five guys, um, that would be the type of deal that if the Angels are going to trade Otani, it would kind of be the opposite of what I was talking about with the Cubs. It's, look, we have two super-duper stars two of the most talented players in the league, and we can't win. We need a lot more depth in the organization. So that's where the Cubs might be a match on that. 
Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's at least worth the discussion, and, and that's why I include him there. But, yeah, he would be a rock star. So uh, we've talked a little bit earlier this week. We are talking about Milwaukee, and though they still got a shot of, of catching that last wild card spot as we sit today, they're just a game and a half back of the Phillies. If they don't make the playoffs, they were a prohibitive favorite coming into the year for the NL Central. Yeah. Craig Council has been around for a while. He's taken him to the NLCS. Is he in trouble? Oh, man, I hadn't even thought about it. Surely not. I, I mean, I, so. I feel like he's one of the best managers in the league year in, year out, and gets the most out of the team. And he's just so good at dealing with a pitching staff. And they've had a lot of injuries this year and turnover and I mean, he he had to keep dealing with the bullpen through Josh Hader falling apart and then being traded, and then there, uh, Devin Williams was unhappy about the situation, and then they had several bullpen meltdowns like right after the trade happened, mm-hmm. and he's he's continued to steer the ship, and they got back on track earlier this month when they won that doubleheader against the Giants, and they've been playing pretty good baseball ever since then. Um, I, I can't imagine that. I, I think that. Stearns and ownership both know that it falling short of the playoffs, this would not be on council at all. This was on a, a mostly lackluster offense who's totally reliant on a home run to bail them out. Um, it's totally inconsistent, and there have been injuries on the pitching staff and some underperformance in key places. And um, one of those places would be Kristen Yelich. Ever since they signed him to that huge deal, he's just falling apart. Indeed he has. Last thing... Um... And look forward to catching up with you next week because we'll have what, two night two days left in the season. Uh, there's new there there's a, a new regime in in Kansas City. Dayton Moore is no longer there. What does that mean for Matheny? Do, do you think there's a change at the uh, helm uh, of the Royals? Yes, absolutely. I, I don't see. My hunch is that if they're going to move on from Dayton Moore, it's going to be a shift to a new school type in the front office, similar to what the Tigers did and firing Avila and bringing in Scott Harris, who came from the Cubs front office and then went over to the Giants under Farhan Zayde. This is going to be a move in the direction of a, of a new school analytical approach, and Mike Matheny just doesn't fit that. So even if they were up in the mid-70s and wins or something, uh, it's just not going to be a match in approach. Um Maybe it's it's a situation where they they have him come in and he just manages next year um, because they're not expecting to contend anyway. But he's not going to be there by the next time that they're planning on contending. My guess is they'll just do it right away and rip the bandaid off. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Have you got your uh, your plane tickets bought? Where are you going to be? When do you, do you know yet? Uh, for the World Series? Well, Absolutely no. Not. I mean, no. When, uh, oh. <laughs> prior to that. Are you going to be – when do you oh, head no. out on the road, uh, early? No, just World Series. Gotcha. Um, you know, obviously I think the Astros and Dodgers are head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah. But, man, we've seen how that hasn't worked out sometimes. Sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. 2018 Red Sox were head and shoulders. They won it all. 2016, I have to always bring up the Cubs. But, hey, mm. they were the top dog throughout the season and won it all. But there were other times the Nationals were a wild card in 2019. The Braves had the worst record of any playoff team last year and won it. So especially with more playoff teams, a three-game wild card round, man, it's wide open. I mean, can I hope for something like San Diego and Seattle? That'd be really cool. <laughs> Anytime San Diego's mentioned, yes, it's it's, it's understandable why you want to go there. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, covers Major League Baseball and joins us every Tuesday at this time. Matt, thank you.
All right, have a good one, guys. Yeah, you do the same. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. We'll take a time out, come back, finish up the hour. Dane Mazzatani, we will talk some Vikings to kick off the second hour of the program. Derek Duke, Heartland College Sports. On the Big 12, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Rick bets off. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, final couple of minutes of the first hour of the program. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Why get voice envy listening to Gary Dolphin? On that authentic brand. Boy, does he have a set of pipes on him. Uh, he's, that's pretty good. I mean, he should be doing more voiceover yes. work. He's, he's good at that. Uh, anyways, wrapping up our number one. Your World Series pick is what? I mean, not what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you still have a chance, by the way, for your preseason to to happen? Well, i got to look back at the notebook here. I can't even remember. I would guess I had the Dodgers in there. I, yeah, I, I had Dodgers uh, Blue Jays. So I've got a chance. 2022 MLB, you get the Blue Jays over the Dodgers. I had the Dodgers over Boston. So uh, you're clubbed. Well, so you the got Dodgers, the Dodgers, right? yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you've got the Dodgers, the overwhelming favorite. For well, let's see. Our, our first two divisions, neither of us are going to get that right. You had Seattle in the West. You're not going to get that. Uh, I had Philly in the NL East. No, we both had Milwaukee. We'll, we'll look back about, <laughs> about a little over a week from now. We'll yeah. look back and how talk about we how were. bad it was. It's so chalky with the Astros and the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. How about the Braves? Maybe. I, I haven't. Trying to find that I other haven't watched team. a ton of Braves, though. Mm-hmm. I just I don't have a good feel for them. Now, I've watched a ton of Mets. I have, too. I've watched a lot more Mets than I have. I love that broadcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the trio, although Keith Hernandez tripped on a curb. Did you hear that? Tripped on a yes. curb, and he's out for the year broadcasting. That's crazy, isn't it? Uh-huh. Walking in, in, uh, somewhere in, in New York. um Talking on his phone, didn't yeah. see a curb, and took a tumble, and uh, his shoulder landed on his shoulder. You, so the Braves are your team? Yeah, like trying to find a dark horse. Because it's you, either the Yanks or the, the Mariners aren't ready for prime time. And no, now with Rodriguez not with being Julio, hurt, yeah, that, that's devastating. Um, I can't see the Rays. I guess I can see the Jays, and full disclosure, that's my squad. But if they get pitching, if Manoa can get Gossman or Barrios to go along with them, mm-hmm. then maybe, because we know that they can pound the you-know-what out of the baseball. They can. No Guardians? They've been doing it with smoke and mirrors all year long. Those young guys have grown up. Yeah, they have. And they have a heavy mm-hmm. bopper in the middle with Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And a really good pitching So staff. they're going to get in the first round. They'll either get... The way it stands now, they'll either get Tampa or Seattle. I think the Jays are going to get the uh, uh, the four the four pill. Yeah, they're three games up right, right now on Tampa for that spot, so they're locked in. They'll get the three I, home I think, games. Not quite locked in, but relatively, they're yeah. close enough. So yeah, it'll be either Tampa, Seattle, or the Orioles are three and a half back. It, it still is going to take a ton. Trent, um, I purposely didn't bring it up with Matt Snyder. I'm saving it for next. It's, it's one of the stories of baseball this it year. Is. I, I love this. And story. a team that ultimately probably will not make the playoffs. No, but. But they, they took such major strides forward this year. And it's such a great baseball city when Baltimore's going to... God, it's been a long time since they've been. Camden Yards is it's a destination if you're a baseball. It's beautiful. It really is. Our number two. We're going to kick things off. Uh, we do a lot on the regional NFL teams, but the Vikings kind of take second fiddle. But we're going to do that with Dane Muzitani to kick off our number two. And then this fascinating race in the Big 12, Derek Duke from Heartland College Sports will help us out with that. An hour to go. Oh, by the way, Trends Play of the Day as well. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.